welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. We're down to four franchises remaining in NFL 2021-22. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the current Super Bowl favorites, according to the tab, nearly even money at $2.10, followed by the Rams at $3, the Niners at $5.50, and finally the Bengals, the irresistible Cincinnati Bengals at $9. And uh, we do have a special guest this week joining us, but before we get into that, it was a scintillating divisional round of football, probably the best four games of playoff football I've seen back to back to back. How did you see divisional round Lepa? Any any favorite moments of yours? Oh mate, it was it was hard to take your eyes off any of the games, wasn't it? It was it was um unbelievable stuff. And like you said, probably the greatest playoff weekend of football ever seen, uh, especially in recent memory anyway. And um four absolute thrillers, three obviously decided by the last kick of the game and then one going into overtime in that incredible, incredible match that I don't think we'll see um, anything like that for a little while again. But in saying that, with the with the quarterbacks we've got in the league these days, you never know. But, yeah, that was just incre- incredible, wasn't it? Um, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen just going back and forth at one another. And, and like it's been discussed at nauseam on social media and throughout the NFL, it, those rules, uh, yeah, it, it's really disappointing to see a team lose on the back of um, not having possession, I suppose, in, in overtime. So, Look, that's probably the biggest talking point of the weekend to come out of that other than the fantastic results, of course. But, yeah, look, it was it was a shame that there had to be a loser uh, and it was, wasn't was this weekend that that matchup. But uh, we've got four worthy championship contenders uh, and, you know, it's it's going to be a potential rematch of um, Super Bowl from a couple of years ago or at least some familiar faces or, or we can obviously see the Bengals for the first time in over 30 years. So plenty to look out for this weekend. For sure, for sure. I think the, the weekend showed, I guess, the, the NFL in a microcosm, and, and we talk about a lot of different metrics and statistics over the course of a, a, an NFL season, and QB wins is one that gets discussed a lot from week to week and season to season, and, and you talk about great quarterbacks and their, their QB win stat. Uh, but I, I wonder now, is it a meaningless metric after the last weekend? And you look at someone like Josh Allen, 329 yards, 73% completion rate, four touchdowns, 136 passer rating and 68 yards rushing on the ground and took the L. And then you've got Jimmy Garoppolo, 131 <laughs> yards, an interception, 57.1 passer rating and, a, and has the win added to his record. I mean, is the QB win a meaningless metric that now? Uh, look, I think you've hit the nail on the head in, in that comparison there, isn't it? I mean, Josh Allen's played the perfect postseason and unfortunately he hasn't made it to uh, Championship Sunday, whereas... Jimmy G has struggled in both his games, but the defense has really carried that team, obviously, and 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 done enough to to see the Niners through. But obviously, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, and and it still will, and will be for forever in that in the NFL. But of course, yeah, I think you got to take it with a grain of salt, don't you? Those QB win stats because of that because of that reason you've just mentioned, and and the contrast between the two. I mean, I, I know I'd rather be quarterbacking. For my San, for this for San Francisco 49ers, and I'm sure every Niners fan would agree that Josh they'd much rather Josh Allen um, than Jimmy G uh, throwing the football for their side. But look, uh, that's that's the beauty about football, I suppose, and and one of the reasons why um, you know we've seen so many great quarterbacks not have the success in the playoffs. And look, I think the other cute, huge talking point out of the weekend that'd be remiss of us not to mention is. Aaron Rodgers and and the Green Bay Packers falling short again, and mm. surely he has to go down as the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, and and that's about it. And and that's pretty a pretty hard legacy that um you know it's going to tarnish his legacy a little bit, and something that I'm sure he won't be too comfortable with sitting. Um, he's probably going to claim another MVP award this year as well, just to to kind of rub salt into the wound if if that makes sense. So 
Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a huge watch this space in Green Bay and, and a few franchise, franchises as we've touched on a few times over the postseason. But, uh, yeah, really keen to see how it plays out this weekend now with um, four, four great and deserving teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Throw Rogan ends up and whether he does <laughs> pull off that, uh, that MVP award. But uh, enough about divisional round. There's been a lot on social media. There's been a lot across the media about how great that weekend was. And uh, it's probably time that we move on to championship round. But uh, we are lucky enough this week to be joined by Nick Quinn from the tab. Quinny, I'm told that you're a keen follower of the NFL. How did you see last weekend? Absolutely loved it. The only bad thing about this weekend is it can't possibly be as entertaining as what we got last weekend. Four games, all of them decided at the death, all of them won score results. It was just truly sensational. And the first week of the playoffs, it was a little bit lacklustre. Mm. We certainly got an absolute smorgasbord of entertainment last weekend. And the question I'm going to throw at both of you, where will Aaron Rodgers be playing next season? Mm. Very good question. You want me to jump in first, Leper, or you want to take this one? No, nah, please. You're, you've got the mic on. Go for it. That's <laughs> <laughs> an easy way to decide who's got the mic on first. Um, look, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver. I think that we'll see Rodgers for two seasons in Bronco Orange. And uh, I think that they're building something n- nicely in Denver and, and uh, they could be a, a serious contender with Aaron Rodgers at the helm next season. I, I could easily see the great man walking away altogether, which I know he's been, uh, he's kind of alluded to a little bit, I suppose, and hinted potentially could be an option for him. I, I think his his ego is severely bruised though. And, after that, after that disappointing loss, and I think he'll he'll play probably another couple of seasons, like you said, Nick. And I, I just think he might might give one more season to Green Bay and, and see how that goes. But I think if he does happen to move from the Green Bay Packers and he is still in the NFL, I think Denver does look like the place. Although it wouldn't be, I wouldn't put it past him ending up back in California and ending up on the Niners, for instance, um, where where he's from originally, and um, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, hasn't he's obviously got them again to another conference championship here, but is he the answer moving forward? And, and Trey Lance might not be quite ready yet. So another year or two developing under under someone like Aaron Rodgers might be might be the recipe. Whether they can fit him in though in that in that um, in that solid crap in that team, another thing uh, altogether. But yeah, I, I think Aaron Rodgers could very well sail off into the sunset. But I just think that egos he'll probably want to prove him to prove others and himself. Uh, that he can do it one more time. So, yeah, I, I reckon he'll play one more season in Green Bay, hopefully anyway, for, for all the cheeseheads out there. Where's where's your money, Quinny? Uh, I'm with Denver. I think he'll go to Denver. I'd be surprised if he stayed in Green Bay. I think it's been mm. a fractured relationship the last few seasons and that limp performance against San Francisco might be the final straw. But poor old Jimmy G. Admittedly, he's one of the world's most handsome men, so let's not feel too sorry for him. (laughs) But he's one win away from making his second Super Bowl in three seasons. And all the talk is about his replacement that they've already drafted. Tom Brady may be coming back to California. Aaron Rodgers may be coming back to California. And this is a guy that got booted out of the Patriots because of Tom Brady. He's had a career maybe at the wrong place at the wrong time or the right place at the right time because he's got that Super Bowl ring when he was the backup. And potentially he could be going there again should the Niners cause the mini upset against the Rams. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what might just be a smoky. Because, I look, I think you're right about that California connection with, with Rogers Leffer. But I just can't see him in San Francisco where you've got that really progressive, you know, modern uh, community and audience and fan base. And, and looking at 
the way that Rogers has handled handled himself over the last year or two. Not sure he fits particularly well in in that really progressive community, but um, <laughs> I, I think the the Raiders could be a bit of a smoky. I think that they're potentially looking at moving on from Derek Carr, and you know it's not they're not that far from from LA and and California. So uh, I reckon they could be a potential smoky if they can get their their cap right and uh, mm. and work out a, a deal for. For uh, for Green Bay, but uh, yeah, look, my my money's with Denver. You're right. My money's with Denver. Yeah, I think that's probably the. Is that is it? Have you got a market on on tab for that at the moment, Quinny? Not yet. I think once the season finishes, finishes, those markets might be done. I'm not sure if they're allowed to do it yet while the season is still in play. But poor old Derek Carr's another one. I mean, he was terrific this season, and the Mm. Raiders they probably should have got past Cincinnati. They were terrible with that final drive. But another one that, as you allude to. Every time there's been talk about the quarterbacks relocating, that the Las Vegas Raiders have been on the radar. So Carr's another one that must feel a little bit frustrated. And we all know that John Gruden maybe didn't love Carr at QB. With Gruden gone, maybe that will help Carr save his job as the quarterback there. But I think he'd have a bit of currency elsewhere. I think if Carr wanted to move on, there'd be a few teams that could potentially look at him. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for totally derailing the structure of the show with all these questions as well. I did see the script. I sometimes come in like a whirlwind, but a team like the Cleveland Browns, they'd probably be sitting back going, we'll happily take any of these guys being discussed that no one else wants. Yeah, well, that is that is another one. We've spoken a bit about the Browns and what their QB situation looks like moving forward. But, I mean, Derek Carr is an interesting one because he's, he's maligned for, for what he does. Uh, but I reckon in the last couple of years, he's kind of had two career years in a row. Uh, just quietly, with, with not much fanfare, not much noise about him, but uh, just puts up numbers. And, and you know, th- he hasn't had much talent around him either. And you look at some of the uh, the receiving situation in in Vegas over the last year or two, there hasn't been much there for him to work with. Um, and and you're right, I think that he's got some currency around the league. I think he's, you know, a, a top fifteen quarterback in the league. I, I'm not sure he's quite top ten, but uh, I think he's in the top half of the league. And and I think that he's certainly got a job somewhere in the NFL next year. Yeah, uh, Carr's certainly one of those players that, you know, just are slightly above average, like the Kirk Cousins and, um, you know, Matthew Stafford for a lot of his career, but he, he's kind of taken the next step, obviously, this year in a, in a better franchise. But he was always kind of a little bit above average and probably above those guys in Detroit as well, just with his his arm talent and, and everything might, else. But Might be selling Matt Stafford a little short. Oh, future, look, I, future I, Hall of Famer, Matt Stafford. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. And I know you're you're very a big Matthew Stafford fan, but he was never really cemented in the top 10, and I don't think, as a, as a quarterback in the league when he was in Detroit. He's obviously taken that step to a, you know, borderline top five, if not, you know, cemented in that top five now in, in um, the way he's played in Los Angeles. But, look, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a huge um, quarterback carousel this year. Russell Wilson's another one, but we won't you know, dive too much into that because like Quinny said, we're going to be derailing the show, but we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you around the um, the betting insights, mate. Firstly, probably um, some futures and, and what these four teams started with at the, at the start of the year. Obviously, the Chiefs would have been, uh, and the Rams for that matter, would have been right up there in, in, in uh, Super Bowl betting. But someone like the Cincinnati Bengals and even the Niners who were coming off a four-win season last year would have definitely been um, a long shot, I suppose, to, to get to this far already. Yeah. Yeah, you're spot on. Now, Kansas City opened a $5.50 Super Bowl favourite. The Rams were popular. They were back from $18 into 11 So they were a real market mover in the offseason. San Francisco got an, got an had 18. some... I was pretty happy about that. 
No, you've done very well. San Francisco <laughs> firmed because a lot of people thought they might get Aaron Rodgers. So they went from 26 into 14, but then back out to 21 after they didn't land Rodgers. And Cincinnati, they were $67. So they are one team that has certainly snuck under the radar. The fascinating thing for mine, though, is that Kansas City twice got out to $14 during the regular season. We know they had that spluttering start, but in hindsight, isn't that a wonderful quote? on the team that's been the benchmark of the competition the last three seasons. I think we discussed that when they were three and four, actually, Nick. We 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 were really – we thought even Patrick Mahomes would get a roll on and, and if yep. they got a roll on, he could be still at MVP chance. This is when, you know, there was – this was – that market was swapping every week after the, the hot start a lot of teams and quarter, quarterback and players had, of course, Derek Henry included in that. But, yeah, like you said, $14 just seems ludicrous and I think our mate Josh Y had a piece of them – in the double figures when I spoke to him, mm-hmm. when he hosted the week you were off, Nick, um, with myself because of that reason, because they were starting to click into gear. That defense was starting to get right. And we just know what they can do on offense when they're, when they're um, healthy and all up and running. And God, that, that looks like huge overs obviously now when they're a $2 10 favorite, of course. So um, yeah, hopefully the overs God doesn't spoil that for whoever <laughs> jumped, on, jumped on there. Um, we know the overs God can, can certainly stop uh, the best of us. Um, any other key markets you wanted to touch on, Quinny? Because we'd, we'd love to hear some more of the, the insights um, throughout the season and, and what's trending for this week. Well, I'm a bit frustrated that Cincinnati has gone so well this postseason because I thought the Bengals and also the Chargers might be two good roughies to have a cheeky bet on at the start of next season. But with every win, I think the Bengals have just destroyed their price. We've gone from maybe getting $34 to potentially they'll be about 17 now when the market opens for next season. But the Chiefs are all the rage for this week. The line has moved up from six and a half to seven and a half. They're into a dollar twenty-nine to win. The Bengals are at three dollars seventy. I would be stunned if the Chiefs lost to the Bengals for a magnitude of reasons. But mainly, I think Cincinnati's had two basic grand finals or Super Bowls in the last two weeks, and I just think they will be delighted win, lose, or draw this week. Where the mm. Chiefs, anything other than the Super Bowl victory, is a failure. Yeah, I agree. I think that's spot on. And, and we'll touch on that uh, matchup in, in more detail a bit later on when, when we let you go, Quinny. But um, how, how are you seeing the MVP markets? Is, is Rogers a shoe-in, do you reckon? Look, I think so. I think the way that Tampa Bay and Tom Brady sort of declined at the end of the season, we saw them lose some games. They were held out against New Orleans. I think Rogers will win. I'd love Brady to win because I think another MVP on that resume would be fitting but I think Rogers is just going to get the nod. And Jonathan Taylor, he was outstanding. Cooper Cup was outstanding. But as you know, unless you're a quarterback, you've got to do something really sensational to win. So Rogers at $1.22. Brady's at $4.25. Joe Burrow, well, he I just can't see Joe Burrow winning. He's at $23. I don't think Burrow will even be in the top five. Mahomes at 41 with Taylor and Cooper Cup at $41. So they should rename it a quarterback MVP because obviously the likes of Adrian Peterson and that have won it with unbelievable seasons but most of the time it is a quarterback and it does look like Rogers nudging out Brady despite the fact he missed that game through we'll call it a suspension we all know what happened there and I think he'll get the job done and which is a bit disappointing that he's MVP and he's been so disappointing again postseason. Mm. Yeah 100% and, that, uh, and that's that's the thing it's going to stick with him isn't it he was he's de- Undoubtedly, I think the, the greatest regular season quarterback um, the NFL has ever had. And look, it, it's interesting that, that you mentioned that 
Taylor and Cup are such long outsiders, and I know they they won't get a look in, and and just, they should, but they won't. But they're probably both a huge chance to win Offensive Player of the Year. Um, Nick, what do you think? Because obviously Derek Henry won that award last year, and that certainly weighted more towards a non-quarterback, I suppose, um, with the MVP being such a quarterback-heavy award. Yeah, definitely. I think both of them. I'm not sure what the what the odds are on that particular award are, but I, I think both of them would be worthy winners. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's had an incredible season. Cooper Cups walked away with the uh, the receiving triple crown. Um, so you know they, they've both they'd both be incredibly deserving winners. Uh, having said that, I mean it, it is hard. Like you said, I mean Derek Henry won it last year, but um, he's one of those guys that does incredible things week after week after week. And you're neither Jonathan Taylor nor Cooper Cup have that history over a period of years or seasons to, um, to to have that same, I guess, gravitas that Derrick Henry had last year. So it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, whether it's Brady or Rogers walk away with that, that award as well. But I'd love to see, I'd love to see Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup uh, take away one of those, one of those uh, skill awards. Another market that has just opened the Super Bowl MVP. No surprises here. It's basically the same as the Super Bowl market, but Patrick Mahomes, slightly better odds at $2.60. Matthew Stafford, $3.75. Jimmy Garoppolo, a $9 chance, and Joe Burrow there at 12 If you want to back the Chiefs, do you take the $2.60 on Mahomes for the Super Bowl MVP or keep it simple and just back him to win the Super Bowl at a little bit better than even money, currently at $2.10? Yeah, I was if you like say, the Chiefs, you go Mahomes. Yeah, I reckon, yeah, you just take that extra value. If, you, if you're thinking the Chiefs will win it, um, you, you just take that extra 50, 55 cents and and back Mahomes to win the MVP because I think if they win it, I, don't, I can't see anyone else taking the MVP award off him. Uh, it'd be very uh, unlikely. Aaron Donald in that list at all? We will be. And I think if you're getting uh, getting on him, you'll get some good value. I'm scrolling down. I'm at 40s. I'm at 40s. 100 to 1. You're going to have 100 Love to it. 1. Love well, Von, Miller, Von Miller was $34 when he yep. won it on, on game day. So, yep. obviously, if you can get one of the defensive players up, you're going to get very, very nicely rewarded. But that's one I quite like because should they be successful, there's every chance he'll have a leading impact. So, that's not the worst bet, especially if you do like the Rams to cause – or not cause the upset, break the recent run of outs and beat the Niners this weekend. Yeah, mm. no, that's a huge, huge – and look at Nick's just grinning with – Okay. He, he, he's his Super Bowl. Well, sorry, his MVP Super Bowl prediction for the season was Mr. Aaron Donald. So, 101 bucks um, now. Imagine what you could have got earlier in the season. If, if that oh, I remember that, that, 2015, that that 2015 Super Bowl. Denver yeah. into Von Miller was paying about 68 dollars on the morning of of the Super Bowl. Wow. That was a very good day. That was a very very good day. <laughs> yeah, that, that lovely backdrop that you've got behind you, the chandeliers and whatnot, paid for because of that day. <laughs> yeah, got got shandon showers and uh, all those sorts of things. But uh, no, look, playoffs. I mean, playoffs is the best time of year, isn't it? We, we've spoken about it a number of times over the course of the last few weeks, Lepa. But NFL playoffs are just about the greatest time of the year. Um, and and there's no better time than than Super Bowl week and, and betting on all these different Super Bowl props and, and markets. It's just such a good time of year. But in terms of you know, what, what what's the playoffs like for for betting at Tab Quinny? Is it is it comparable to the AFL or the NRL finals in Australia? Well, as Ryan would know, he used to be my boss when I was lucky enough to be a co-worker uh-huh. with him. But 
It's just going gangbusters, the American sports. And I think there's a few main reasons for that. I think the next generation just love the US sports and love sports betting as a whole. So they're so good to bet on. There are so many different options. So if you want to have a simple win bet, obviously that's going to be there. But you've got things like your same game multis, your futures and everything like that that does really appeal to the young generation of sports punters. And for mine, and the thing I love about it the most, it's the timing. Like, you bounce out mm. of bed on a Monday morning. Now, not many things on this planet can make you do that, but the NFL is certainly one of them. And I think having a cheeky bet and having a team in fantasy certainly adds to the excitement. You get out of bed, you're still half blurry-eyed trying to get the sleep out and checking your scores. And most of the time, then I want to go back to bed because it's gone pear-shaped, but, you know, I come back the next week. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds sounds like every Monday morning, doesn't it? And, it, and it's amazing that you can actually set an alarm for five to three or something when in the yeah. early early part of the window in the season when it's 3 a.m. kickoffs. It's like, yeah, go, no problem. I can get up you to check it. you got five minutes to check your bets, check your fantasy team. That's and right. Switch on. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, mate, I know I know that we've got to let you go, but b- before we do, I want to get your tips. I know you've, you've picked the Chiefs already, yeah. uh, but Rams, Niners, and uh, any any particular prop value that you like for, for these two? Yeah, well, as we've spoken about, I'd be I'd be surprised if the Chiefs didn't win. And I think if you like anything over the course of the weekend, pop the Chiefs head to head in the multi and just boost the odds up. I think they'll cover the seven and a half line. I like six and a half more better than seven and a half for obvious mm-hmm. reasons because that point can be vital. But hopefully they can get the job done. The other game, I'm just I'm not that bullish about it to be honest in terms of who I think is going to win. I think there'll be a couple of points scored, though. For those that like playing that over and under, I'm surprised the magic number's only 44 and a half. So I might have something on the overs there. But, I mean, it's a fascinating one. These divisional rivals, they sometimes can favour the outsider and bring the teams closer together. But San Francisco's just got the wood over them. And that game to end the regular season where the Niners came charging back to win, I just don't know how much of an impact that will have. Will the Rams have an ace or two up their sleeve that they didn't show on that occasion and the Niners gave their best punch? Or are the Niners going to walk in going, hang on, we've beaten these guys six times in a row. We'll probably have more supporters at their stadium than we will. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't like sitting on the fence, but I'm not going to have a head-to-head bet on that one. $1.52 for the Rams, two fifty-five for the Niners. I know you two are going to preview the game in great detail, so I won't pin you for a tip now. But I'll tune in and I might have to follow who you back because I'll back the overs and I'll back the Chiefs. But a head-to-head for this one, I don't know, but I cannot wait. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And any any last-minute player value that you like? Oh, I love these ones. And, I mean, the same game multis, I think it's safe to say I love them. They don't always love me back. But <laughs> yeah, I do think fair. a few players. But if you did get on the same game multi in that Chiefs, oh. And Bill's game. I'm yet to run into a punter that didn't win on it. It's been just quite refreshing all week. Going, I took this bloke touchdown, this bloke touchdown, this bloke touchdown. But I'm going to have a few multis around Debo Samuel with his over yards and a touchdown as well, because I think he'll be the Swiss Army knife. We'll see him running from the backfield. They'll try and get him involved as much as possible from a passing perspective. And there's a, a bet type with Tab 88 and a half yards. I think he'll get over that. That's running and receiving combined. So I don't mind mm. that as a little anchor there for the same game multi. Don't yeah, mind that like at all. That. Mm. Don't mind that at all. Love, love a bit of Debo. He's let us down a few times in terms <laughs> of the, the receiving yards, but that's because he's just smashed the, the running yards. Running. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mate, for, for jumping on board this week and uh, good luck on the punt.
Thank you very much, guys. If you need me again anytime throughout the rest of the season, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat. You've got my number. I'd love to join you again. Best of luck. Good on you, Quinny. Thanks so much, mate. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's interesting what he said about the Niners and the Rams. It's it's just, like you said, the, the wood over the, the Rams, six in a row they've won. And, yeah. and I think, think like, he, like he mentioned, that comeback, I think that played on the, the Rams' mind last week, surely in that game against the Bucs. They just... They just looked so nervous, didn't they? And they weren't sure. Like, obviously, they had those fumbles and, and that that's the killer. But they just looked nervous. They weren't sure how to execute. They weren't really sure how to put the get um, the game away. They couldn't buy a first down. And I think that game played on their mind a little bit because, obviously, Sean McVay had been so dominant as a halftime, as a front-running team. And then mm. the fact that, that the Niners broke that incredible run of 44 or 45 games in a row or something... I think just put it a little bit of doubt and, and probably the coaching staff in McVeigh's mind and, and the Rams, of course, because they just look so jittery against the Bucs. And, and we know once Tom Brady can smell that that bit of um, blood in the water, he, he's pretty ruthless and almost got him back over the line. But um, thankfully for you, mate, they pulled it, pulled something out and, and kept the dream alive. So they, they did. And you, you have to wonder how much of that that second half jitters was the Tom Brady effect. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you, you know that unless you're, 50 points up and probably even then 50 <laughs> points up at halftime, you're probably still not safe uh, against a Brady offense. Uh, and, you know, there was, it was funny. I was, I was sitting having a coffee with, uh, with a mate watching that second half and it was, I think it was 27, three. And um, he said, Oh, game's pretty much over. And I went pretty much, but it's Brady. And we've seen him do it in a Super Bowl. Yeah. He can do yeah. it today. Um, well, I, I, don't think think I, even- I, I said that I don't think he will. To be fair, and, and you know, to, it, it, that was that was a bit of an L because he did do it, even though they didn't get up. Yeah. He did do it, um, but you know, it was it was pretty impressive to watch. Well, I even think I said to you at one stage, I'm like, surely this is over now, but I wasn't committing yep. to say it definitely was because of that reason, like you mentioned. And uh, look, I think uh, we were probably in the minority uh, last week on the Rams at the plus. I think most people were pretty keen on the Bucks to, mm. to win. I know. Uh, a couple of our mates in the podcast world, the pastry press boys, where they were very keen on the bucks, and mm-hmm. um, I'm glad with, we, with good reason. I mean, yeah, I, I oh, think with good reason know, for sure. They're, I just, they're... I just thought, and and the, and the main kind of reason I think we both thought the Rams would, would do something um, was, and and probably not to the extent that it was happening in the first half. We certainly saw the game playing playing out a lot tighter than it did, and what it ended up being, of course. But that first half was just incredible by the Rams, and, and it was because of the what they've been building and, and how they've been playing in the race the previous weeks. And we knew those injuries were going to come up to eventually bite Tampa Bay on the, on the bum in terms of their offense. Obviously they got some key players back on the defensive end, which, which made a huge difference, especially in that second half. But yeah, it just, it was just um, something you, you need to have everything going right at this time of the season, don't you, to win an NFL playoff game. And it's really about which team can, can click into gear and play the best football in this run home, and as it is with any sport, really, you need to time your run in a finals series. Well, I mean, uh, so. I mean that's right, and, and you know, I think probably, you know, for the first time ever, maybe not the first time, but very, very rarely, you know, not everything did go right for Tom mm. Brady in a, in a playoff game and over a playoff series. I mean, you saw saw last year, you know, outside of having to to play, you know, on the road, Brady and the Bucks were. I guess they were kissed on the dick a little bit towards the second half of that that year. I mean, everything went right. Everything that could go right yeah. went right. Um, and, you know, this year things are different and not everything right. went right. And it just goes to show you, I mean, maybe that's the 5% that 
that's the five percent that that ended that ended their season that sees them losing by a field goal. You know, it's just like they they maybe in another another realm, another universe, maybe they get over the line in that final minute. But um, you know, this year and over the last six weeks, not everything's gone right for the Bucks. Uh, and they've, I think we've spoken about it. The, the fact that they got to where we where they got to this season and, and and last week is pretty impressive, given the situation that they've been dealing with in terms of injuries to key players over the course of the last twelve weeks. Um, you know, player personnel and the Antonio Brown situation, all these types of things that have have weighed heavily against the Bucks, and they still managed to you know, put up a hell of a fight in the second half of a divisional round. Like that's real impressive. Um, but you know. They come up against a, another really impressive franchise, and, and we'll talk about them uh, coming up. But uh, thank you to Nick Quinn for for joining us this week. It's uh, cool to get some insight into some of the trends and, and the markets uh, that are live at the moment and, and how things have played out over the course of the season. Uh, if you do like the show, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and or on iTunes or wherever you listen. Tweet us on Twitter, comment Facebook, Instagram. Just engage with us as much as possible. Uh, but uh, we might get stuck into the show really uh, and have a quick look at how we went last week. It was a pretty good week again. We, we've had a had a pretty solid playoff series so far. Yeah, we had, a, we had a poor run to finish the season or the regular season, I should say, but we've really turned it around in the playoffs and our picks have been pretty spot on. And um, yeah, it, it was a good, another good week. Uh, I was glad to get another head to head over you, mate. So mm-hmm. that was, that was happy. Um, happy result for me but look it was just an incredible weekend of, of football and and like i said last week it, there was an every chance that all of the outsiders could have won that and and of course the bills got ever so close to that happening and it would probably be the first time ever that all the underdogs would have got up on a divisional weekend um i mean it was the first time both number one seeds had lost for 11 or 12 years or something like that so it it, it was a really a one-of-a-kind weekend and and not something we've seen for quite a while so it was obviously exciting and, and very happy that we um, we managed hopefully to tip you guys into a few winners. Yeah, that's right. I, th- I think you went seven and four for the for the week. I think I went eight and four. Uh, had a couple of couple of decent uh, longies get up. Had the seven and three for me, mate. Seven Come and on. three. Apologies, apologies. Uh, no, you're right. Seven and three. My bad. Um, but no, the Rams Rams money line was good. Uh, Rams. Line into Higby over 42 and a half was pretty solid. Yeah, uh, they, and Higby anytime touchdown was. Uh, yeah, was you did really one. well with the, as you mentioned, the tight end. They were really going to target those tight ends. And when Blanton got that touchdown early on, I'm like, oh no, don't tell me they're going to mix it I up was, again. I was here. shook then. I yeah. was shook. <laughs> but no, of course, he, he hit about a, a 30 or so yarder to him, and that, that pretty much took care of the line almost in one play. So. Uh, you were pretty sitting pretty for most of that game, obviously, even to the towards the end when it was got to twenty seven all. It probably would have been a few nervous <laughs> moments for you, mate, after such an easy watch in that first half, especially at the 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 um, plus three. You would have thought you were um, home and hose. But look, um, they did the job. The Rams, the money line was a really good bet by you, obviously. All the Higby props we've had, uh, we both like Joe Burrow to go over the passing yards, and and he saluted um, pretty comfortably. Um, I had also your T Higgins to go over in that game. He he did that pretty comfortably as well. You had the um, the longest completion, which happened in the first couple of minutes to Jamar Chase. That was nice. Yards down the the yeah. sideline, and yeah, it was um it was a pretty easy watch. Obviously, I had um, the Bengals to win into the unders as well in that one. So that was 
a good result. So look, it was it was a good week. Um, I went three zero in the games as well in my picks in terms of the plus again playing the plus and all the three outsiders didn't end up taking the Bills. Um, we stayed out of that both of us, and then obviously you had the Rams and, and Niners as well. So yeah, it was a really profitable weekend and. Um, yeah, one we won't forget anytime soon just because of the quality of the games and, and the drama we saw unfold, especially in the in the last game. Absolutely. And 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 like you said before, hopefully, uh hopefully we tipped some of some of the listeners into a bit of cash and into a, a bit of a fill up as a fill up for us. So uh if we can do that, you know, more often than not, we'll be we'll be pretty happy. But uh I guess it's time to turn our attention to championship round. Uh so without further ado. Monday, 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Time from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are minus seven. The total is 54 and a half. Look, I think the Bengals are building something really special in Cincinnati. This week, they come up against a franchise that is in the middle of having built something special already. In the four years that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback in Kansas City since he took over from Alex Smith, the Chiefs have made the AFC Championship game four times, four years, four championship games. That is an incredible record. Um, we, we spoke at the top of the show about QB wins being a, a meaningless metric, and, and I do still believe that. Uh, I think it shouldn't be up there with other types of uh, predictive metrics or, or probability-type metrics. Uh, but occasionally, a quarterback arrives in the league that defines the metric, and I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those. In those four years, as, as a starter, he's compiled a 50-13 to 13 regular season record, an 8-2 and two playoff record. He's 50% from his two Super Bowl appearances with an NFL MVP and a Super Bowl MVP award. Patrick Mahomes is the new quarterback of this generation. He showed on the weekend that not even 10 or 20 seconds left on the clock is enough um, or is not enough for him to... Uh, to go down the field for a game-winning or game-tying drive. I, like, this guy can just do everything, and he's got the talent around him to be able to do that. Um, I've kind of forgotten where we were, but I think we were talking about the Bengals, and somehow we ended up on Patrick Mahomes. But the, <laughs> I think the Bengals are are building something special. They've they've been incredibly impressive, especially on offense. Uh, you know, Over the course of the season, as guys like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, as you mentioned before, Joe Mixon, and then even Tyler Boyd and and CJ Azoma at tight end have just gelled, I guess, over the course of the season uh, with more game time and, and more minutes playing together. But on defense, they haven't been quite as prolific. They've, they're ranked just 19th in DVOA defense. But even that in itself is, is a stark improvement on last year. They were ranked 27th of 32. So you can see them building. You can see them improving in, in all facets of the game. And they are building. They are improving, but they're not quite there. And I just think that they're 24th ranked DVOA pass defense coming up against probably the greatest passing offense of this generation that we've seen uh, is going to struggle. That 24th rated pass defense actually regresses even further to 28th ranked when uh, in the red zone. And I think that this week, this week is where the Bengals run ends for 2021-22. And the Chiefs, I think they front up once again for their third Super Bowl appearance in four years. But uh, I know we've spoken about it a number of times this year, I can't take the Chiefs line here at, at seven. Quinny mentioned it before. He prefers a six and a half, and I agree. I just I can't take seven. They, along with my Philadelphia Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens, have become a can't-bet play this season against the spread. In Mahomes' time as a starter in Kansas City, the Chiefs have covered the line 50% of the time, but in the last two seasons, that percentage has dropped to just 47%. In my opinion, you just can't bet the Chiefs line here at the seven. 
if it dropped to six and a half or a six, it's probably a bit of a play, but at seven, it's a no play for me. What have you got? Yeah, well done to those who shopped early because obviously they've they've moved that line out to a, a really questionable one for me as well. And I, I'm still probably going to play that minus seven and, and hope for a push at the worst. I think, I think like you said, the bubble will burst here for the Bengals and, and as good as they've been. And, and I've been keen on them both weekends that they've won. I just think it's now time that they will just fall in a little bit of a heat. I mean, I don't think they're going to get blown out, but it could end up that way, I think, just after what the Chiefs did last week. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes has made us all realise that 13 seconds is plenty of time, Nick. Don't anyone else tell you otherwise. 13 seconds is plenty of time. And, and look, it, it's an, it was an incredible game. And 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 like you said, the quarterback of our generation and and one and an rivalry that's going to, you know, be the the benchmark for in the AFC now for the next decade, hopefully. And fourth record, uh, record fourth consecutive AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium, the first team to host four championship games in a row. Um, so, I mean, the Chiefs are already kind of creating history. And it's funny, Andy Reid, uh, now the second time he's been to four championship games in a row as well, mate, um, with two different franchises. Of course, he did that with the Eagles in the, the sure. early 2000s, back in the heyday. So, look, he, he's obviously a masterful coach. And um, we know that, though, it was a bit more of a, some schoolyard play, that it was just some some getting up to the line of scrimmage and, and calling their own plays with with Kelsey and, and Mahomes on that, on that connection at the end. So really cool to watch and, and hear all the audio from that um, mm. post that win. Um, the Bengals, of course, created their own history. They won their first, the franchise's first ever road playoff game, uh, which snapped a streak of seven games, which is the second longest ever. Uh, and obviously, they're, like I mentioned, off the top first championship game since... 1988. Uh, obviously, they've only met very recently playing in week 17 where the Bengals won 34-31 in a, in a shootout, clinching the AFC North title in the process. And, and that's the way they're going to have to play, isn't it, the Bengals? They're going to have to mm. be the air raid. They're going to have to throw the ball. And, and I mean, as great as Joe Mixon is, he's not going to be the one to, to, to break down that Chiefs defense and, and that run game of, I mean, Perrine was barely sighted last week. I think he was on the field for a couple of snaps only. So it's going to be done in the air, as we know. Joe Burrow uh, is going to have to have a huge day. And, and when he did, like he did against the Chiefs in that game where he threw for over 400 yards, obviously Tyrion um, Matthew is going to be a huge watch for the Chiefs. I think he will play. Uh, he's, he's obviously had that concussion last week. And they were really exposed in that secondary without him uh, and, and really allowed the Bills to pick them apart late in that game. So. He, his fitness will be crucial if the Chiefs are to, of course, make a third Super Bowl in the row. But I just think they will and and do it pretty comfortably. Like I said, I'm happy to play that minus seven. I can see them winning by about a touchdown. So yeah, I, I'm happy to play it and and hope they can they can um, sneak a, another field goal or another touchdown there somewhere and and um, come out come over the Bengals here. But it would be a fairy tale story, and I would love to see the Bengals. Um, get into the Super Bowl, just can't see them beating the Kansas City Chiefs, especially after what happened last week and the way they played. So, yeah, I'll play minus seven. But, yeah, can't wait for this one. I think this is going to be an awesome game. And, and let's hope it, it's it's something similar to that week 17 matchup. Um, a high-scoring high scoring thriller would be just what the doctor ordered after what we saw last weekend. Yeah, it'd be great to great to see some more points on the board this weekend. And you mentioned that that uh, AFC rivalry between the the Chiefs and the Bills, and and just quietly, I mean, how good is the uh, the quarterback situation stacking up in the AFC over the next five or ten years with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow? I mean, yeah, this this they're, they're probably going to be the four best 
QBs in the NFL, let alone in, in just the AFC over the next, you know, five or six years. It's it's pretty astounding the way that that's, that's stacking up and, uh, you know, provides a lot of, uh, a lot of discussion for for some of those matchups over the next the next decade as well. Oh, 100%. And then that fifth person I was thinking of as well would be Lamar Jackson, who obviously an MVP sure. a couple of years ago. And and look, it's it's a very exciting quarterback quarterback group, of course, in that conference. Um, where you look at the, the NFC, certainly a lot let um, a lot more light on, isn't it, with, uh, mm. with quarterbacks aging, of course, with Rodgers and Brady, who of course though in, in their own right were the two two MVP <laughs> favorites this season. But um, yeah, like you said, it, it's going to be a very fun decade watching those four and all five quarterbacks just competing and and hopefully all winning Super Bowl titles at some stage. They're all probably deserving of that. I mean, I'm obviously it's only very early in their careers for a couple of them, of course, but you know they all have the potential to be superstars, and and we know that probably they all are at this stage already. So yeah, it's going to be unreal, and I just think that that Allen Mahomes one is going to be the one though to watch, and in in a way, Burrow and Herbert are going to have that. Um, of course, um, all the way through their careers as well, being in the same draft class. And um, and obviously Herbert Mahomes being in the same division is going to be something mm. we're going to see very regular. And, and Herbert probably has the wood over Mahomes very early in Herbert's career. I think he's beaten him three of the four times and or two, at least at least half of those occasions and um, was probably unlucky in the other one. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an, an um, unbelievable um you know, a few years watching these quarterbacks duel it out for supremacy. Yeah, spot on. And uh, I think so for, for this game, I, th- I think we both agree that the Chiefs get over the top in this one. I'm not quite willing to take the seven just yet. You're on You're on the Chiefs line at that minus seven. Uh, any props in this one that you've got? Yes, mate. Yeah, a couple of props here. I, I think they... Um, that the Chiefs just continue where they were uh, left off last week, and and the two guys obviously that that dominated last week will be in the thick of it again. I know you're very keen on Mr. Travis Kelsey. I'm going the other way. I think Tyreek Hill again is due for another huge day, and he'll record over 75 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I also like Patrick Mahomes to cover his line as well, which is over 290 and a half passing yards. I think he'll. Rack up over 300 quite comfortably uh, with, again, a very pass-heavy game going on. And I reckon Clive's Edwards-Alaire, I know they've been starting Jerick McKinnon, but when Edwards-Alaire touched the ball last week, I think he gained a lot of trust back from, from the coaching staff and Andy Reid. He was really good and um, his his yards per carry were a lot higher than that of McKinnon's and, and looked electric every time he touched mm. the ball. I think they'll look to try and feed him and get his confidence up early. So if they're near the goal line, I think he'll run it in at some stage as well. So... Um, anytime touchdown score is at 240, whereas McKinnon's around that even money mark. So I think Edwards Alaire's nice little value there. So yeah, three props for me in this one, all centered around the Chiefs. I think it's a it's a big game for them. And yeah, opposite to last week, I think the the favorites in these games win and, and can win comfortably um after what we saw last week. So yeah, keen to play those props as, as well as the Chiefs here. I've also got a, a same game multi, mate that I'll touch on uh, as a long shot. So I've got the alternative spread on tab here. It's still six and a half. You can get there in the same game multi uh, into Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half receiving yards into Tyreek Hill over 75 and a half receiving yards. Pretty um, elementary there. And that mm-hmm. gets you around six bucks. So that's that's really good value for me. Yeah, I don't mind it. And, and like you said, I, I, I do like Travis Kelsey in this one. The Bengals are, are ranked 24th in pass defense, DVOA to the tight end position. Uh, so like you just said, Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half receiving yards, $1.90. Uh, and I also like Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, $1.75 uh, 
in that basic market, but $5.50 for two plus touchdowns. And I think just with that, the Bengals a little bit susceptible to uh, that red zone uh, passing game and also susceptible to uh, giving up yardage to the tight end position that uh, yeah, Kelsey might be in for a, a, a sneaky big game, uh, even for him. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kelsey over 100, 100 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Um, and, and that might be a little play for, for anyone who wants to, to check out some odds on a, on a same-game multi for Kelsey. Uh, the other one that I like in this one is Joe Mixon, and, and it goes a little bit against, uh, you know, what we were talking about around game script, game script revolving around the Chiefs and, and the Chiefs passing game. Uh, but over the last four weeks, Joe Mixon has averaged 5.75 receptions out of the backfield, two games of six receptions and one of seven, which was against Kansas City. The Chiefs also just ranked 26th in DVOA pass defense to opposing running backs. So the market at tab is Joe Mixon over four and a half receptions at $2.20. I don't mind a little flutter on that one. Any final thoughts on this game, mate? No, look, I, I I think Mixon's a great bet. And for that reason, because like I said, I think it's going to be a pass-heavy game. And for him to get in the backfield and get those little um, short yardage plays, and I think Joe Burrow will look for him for a few safety nets. So I really like that play actually, mate. And um, we know he's great catching back. So absolutely can see that happening. And, and five receptions is pretty generous to get 220. So um, yeah, I really like that one. That's a, That might be a nice one to throw in your same game multis for anyone. Um Wanting to to chuck a Bengals prop in there as well. Well, you mentioned you mentioned P Ryan not getting much run last week, and and I think you know if you go back a month that they were kind of trusting him on third down as that pass catching back uh, out of the backfield. I think in the last month they've kind of trusted Joe Mixon, Mixon yeah. in that role, um, you know, as a as a one through four down back, mm. um, and we you know, which is what he should be. He's he's their he's their you know their workhorse. He's their number one back. Um, and it comes to this, you know, the pointy end of the season, you, you trust your big play guys and, and Joe Mixon is that on the ground. Um, but he's also shown over the course of his career that he's improved pretty much every year in, in terms of that pass catching role. And uh, I think he's kind of coming into his own there. And yeah, just, just looking at that last month when, when it looks like they've moved away from Piron and given Mixon more of that, more of that role. Um, I think four and a half receptions, that line there is probably a tad, short um, and should probably be around that five and a half or even six and a half uh, just based mm. on that, that last month. So I'm happy to have a, have a little play on that one, but uh, I think we're both on, on the chiefs for uh, AFC champions and we both expect the chiefs to be lining up in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. For, for a third Super Bowl in a row. So look, um, yeah, uh, they've been the, been this outstanding team, I suppose over the last few seasons. So they're deserving of another Super Bowl appearance, and let's hope they, um, yeah, they can get it done this weekend. Spot on. Uh, next up, the NFC Championship game, Monday, 10.30 a.m. Australian Eastern at SoFi Stadium, the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams minus three and a half point favorites. The total is 46. And I saw Stats Insider today. Uh, James Rosewarn, the managing editor at statsinsider.com, this week wrote, their approach to how they construct their roster is beginning to transform thinking within a traditionally conservative league. And that's spot on. This LA Rams team under the guidance of GM Les Snead and head coach Sean McVay is burning down the idea of that traditional roster build that we've become accustomed to over the last few decades. Plenty of franchises have tried the concept of what the Rams are doing now, but the difference is now that LA have fully embraced, they're fully committed to it, 
and they're reaping the rewards of a total organizational commitment to innovation. And that's just, that's at every level of the organization. It's not just in recruitment where Sean McVay hasn't had the benefit of a single first round pick since he arrived in Los Angeles. The year prior to his arrival at the Rams, Jeff Fisher was head coach. Uh, the Rams took Jared Goff with that first overall pick. Uh, and obviously in just this past offseason, they jettisoned him uh, along with a first round pick to Detroit for Matthew Stafford, who lines up this week at quarterback. And speaking of Matthew Stafford, his arrival in LA has coincided, although not coincidentally, with the emergence of Cooper Cup as one of the very best receivers in the league. Cooper Cup this season took home the Triple Crown, as I mentioned earlier in the show, leading the league in total catches, total yards, and total touchdowns, while becoming the clear number one option in a Rams scheme that ranks in the top 10 for offensive efficiency. But it's not just offense where the Rams excel. They also rank in the league's top five for defensive DVOA and special teams. And it, it, it's this total organizational buy-in that separates the Rams from every other franchise that has aimed at that quick win via the trade table rather than you know that slow burn or slow rebuild through the draft. They've recruited really shrewdly. They've filled holes where they've needed to. They've utilized different recruiting strategies for different needs. They spent first rounders on elite production like Jalen Ramsey uh, and now obviously Matt Stafford. But in, in previous drafts have traded down their early pick to bring in long-term defensive impact talent like Taylor Rapp and David Long in 2018. And you know, none of this discussion even centers around probably the greatest defensive player of all time, uh, at least in my opinion, in, in Aaron Donald. But innovation is key in Los Angeles, and it starts from the top down, from front office to Sean McVay's play calling. And the senior coordinators, Kevin O'Connell and Raheem Morris, have again completely bought into this strategy uh, they've done incredibly well to retool since that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots in February 2019, methodically but really dynamically keeping their championship window open almost indefinitely. And somehow in the next couple of years, they will get the use of a first rounder again. I think they're due for a first round pick in 2024, which will help them start a little bit of a slow rebuild if they need to. And the Niners, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about the Rams on this show over the last season, I guess. But somehow the Niners are back in the championship game. Their second half of the season has been incredibly competitive and they've done it quietly without much noise, without any fanfare. They don't have the impressive stats or a heap of star performers like the Rams or like the Chiefs. You know, they've got George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa, Emmanuel Mosley, Warner and Ward. They're all legitimate stars, but around them is just a franchise full of role players who simply do their job week in, week out for the team. Having said that, in the last couple of weeks, they've dispatched two of the more fancy teams in the NFC in Dallas and Green Bay, and they've done it on the road even harder, logging some big miles in the process. They've beaten the Rams already, like you, you mentioned, in LA this season just a month or so ago, snapping a five-game winning streak uh, for the Rams, and they actually have a live six-game winning streak against the Rams, so they go into this one full of confidence that they can do it again. But as I've said all season, I'm chips in. I'm chips in on the Rams. I have been all season, and I think with good reason, they were just a bee's dick away from the equal best record in the league. All five of their regular season losses came to fellow playoff teams, and they've gone to another level in the last third of the season. The loss to the Niners a month ago was a loss the Rams had to have. They are primed and ready for revenge. This is it, the Rams to win the Super Bowl, and to do that, they have to win this week. Rams minus three and a half. I think they win by more than a touchdown, and I think that they romp home. Oh, mate, I am fired up. That is uh, an inspiring speech. I'm ready to run out for the Rams this weekend as well. And I think they get the job done uh, against the, the Niners here, get some revenge after, like you said, they've lost six in a row to their division rivals. And it's actually the first time 
since the 2013 season that division rivals will meet in the conference championship. And so it's, it's a huge game. Obviously the Rams had to try and um, restrict tickets as well to only people in the LA region. So they didn't have that, <laughs> that lockout like they did with the, the Niners fans dominating the, the crowd uh, last time they met in that week 18 game. And yeah, it, it was an interesting game and I'm not sure what to take of it because how good, the Rams were in that first half and then vice versa. The, the Niners were so good in the in that second half. And, yeah, I just obviously trust the Rams a hell of a lot more than the uh, the Niners on offense. And and that's really what it comes down to this week. And, and the Rams are really primed. And like you said, they've been they've been chips in this season, um, uh, obviously acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. when they could um, uh, after he got cut by the Browns and then obviously to go after Von Miller for – um, you know, trading all their future draft assets essentially to get to get the great man into into the into the um, into the team and to partner alongside Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, of course, um, Jalen Rams is already there. But we we know how good that defense can be. Obviously, Eric Weddle's back there as well now, playing safety. Um, he gave a pretty bad penalty um, last week, but he's been really solid um, coming out of retirement essentially for for the Rams and Sean McVay. And yeah, it, it's going to be a a fascinating game just because of how that week 18 game unfolded and, and being so recent as well, of course. And, and the Niners carried all the momentum from there, from that win to, into, mm. to obviously beating the Dallas Cowboys where they were um, obviously not expected to, although I know people on this show certainly did think they would go in and win. And, <laughs> and like we said last week, we thought they were really built to beat the Packers and, and, and while it took a, some special teams play to do it, they got the job done and, and it was enough to, to beat the Packers who only delivered 10 points um, on their own, on their own field. And that just says how good that defense was. I mean, Eric Armstead was unbelievable. Fred Warner, who was potentially going to miss the game was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Nikki, uh, Joey Bosa, I should say, uh, of course, again, and, and they're just going to be, they're going to be the ones to drive that this Niners team forward. And I just don't know, if they can sustain it against all these offensive weapons that the Rams have. And of course, Matthew Stafford, he's kind of creating a bit of a narrative change in his career was with two now, two playoff wins, obviously almost shut the bed last week, but uh, he got the job done with that huge 44 yard connection to Cooper cup to set up the game winning field goal, which would have been um, yeah, just an unbelievable feeling for all Ram supporters to see that after, you know, after blowing what could have been an improbable, um, probable loss and, it, it they're just like you said, like you said. I, I don't need to go into nauseam how how prime they are, obviously, to um, to go into this game, and, and and they should get the job done. Obviously, like I said, they're they're just more built on offense. They're they're a better team uh, on on probably both sides of the ball. Special teams is an interesting one, but uh, look, we know how good the Niners can be on their day, and and then they certainly have the wood over the Rams lately, uh, winning the last six, as we mentioned, but. It feels like it's the right time for the Rams and wouldn't that be an unbelievable Super Bowl to see the Rams up against the Chiefs? So we'll play it that way. The minus three and a half seems appealing. Again, we could be trapped into that one, mate. But, uh, yeah, the three and a half certainly seems like a, a fair line in this one and, and I'm happy to play the Rams as well. And, and I think the favourites will progress to the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. It does It does feel a little bit like fate for the Rams, doesn't it, mm. after, after that last Super Bowl loss uh, to the Patriots and the way that that played out being a very dour defensive type game and and then kind of to see them retool on, on both sides of the ball really quickly you know, over the course of pretty much two and a half seasons and and to the point of bringing in a guy like Matt Stafford and, and moving yeah. on from from Jared Goff after you know those five or six years or whatever and uh, really putting the trust of the franchise in in the veteran 
in, yeah. in Matt Stafford. And, and like you said, bring in Von Miller, uh, another one of those really, you know, shrewd, you know, they, they paid a price for him, but, but filled a, a hole. Um, and they gave, you know, gave Aaron Donald the help that he needed um, because as good as he is. And, and like I said, I, I think Aaron Donald is probably, you know, at, at the end of his career, will probably go down as the greatest defensive player in NFL history. Um, he's, he must be up there already. Um, and, and he's certainly the best defensive player that I've seen in my time. Um, but the, just the way that they've done it, you know, it, it, it's just an incredible story that, that they're here again and just feels a bit like fate with Matt Stafford, who, you know, before this, before this franchise never had a, a playoff win. And now he's got two and he's on the verge of a, of a Super Bowl appearance. Um, you know, just there, there's a feeling about this Rams franchise and, um, you know, I've said it almost every week, but but I've kind of, I kind of felt that from day one when they acquired Matt Stafford that that this was, this was kind of an all in a chips in moment for the Rams and and they brought in, uh, they brought in Stafford, they brought in Ramsey a couple of years ago, um, and you know this year bringing in Von Miller um, as well it just kind of reiterated that that they feel like their time is now, and. You know, anything other than that will be a disappointment. Um, and, and I think that they're primed for, for this one. In terms of some props, uh, we, we've spoken about the uh, the Rams offense. And again, I'm chips in on, on that Rams offense. I, I like Cooper Cup here. Um, he's the clear number one option on the Rams offense. And while the Niners are around league average in DVOA pass defense, they're actually, they actually ranked second last in DVOA pass defense to WR1s, which bodes well for Cooper Cup. I like him in a couple of different markets. Over eight and a half receptions, $2.20. He's done this in 10 out of 20 games this season, including five games with double-digit receptions. Uh, don't mind that market at all. Uh, over 100, 100.5 receiving yards, $1.90. He's done this in 12 out of 20 games this season, 60% of the time. And in the Rams' loss to the Niners just a couple of weeks ago that we've spoken about, he had 118 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh and the other one, which we kind of experimented with last week, with uh, with Joe Burrow and the longest uh, the longest pass. Uh, I've gone this week. Cooper Cup longest reception over thirty and a half yards at dollar ninety five. He's done this twelve out of twenty games. Seven games his longest has been over forty yards, and with another two games at that twenty nine to thirty yard mark. In the last game against the Niners, his longest reception was 46 yards. So I like a couple of different markets for Cooper Cup and the Rams offense in this one. Have you got any any props for this last one, NFC Championship game? Yeah, I've got three props here as well, mate. And I'm, I'm following you in on Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions. Really like that play. Uh, I did steal that from you, but I, I, find, I found that quite uh, tasty as well, mate, because he's obviously going to be the go-to man. Um, just not sure on that 100 yards. So I'm just but I'm going to play that over eight and a half yards reception. You'd think if he gets nine catches, he's going well over a hundred yards. So Odell so. Beckham Jr. For me though, his line is half of that of Cooper Cups and he will be getting plenty of touches. He's certainly their second option now. Uh, he's he's proven that he is a, a special talent. He's doing, he's pulling off some pretty cool catches and Matthew Stafford's obviously got that rapport with him as well. So over 50 and a half yards receiving at a dollar 90 seems pretty nice to me. And I've also got Elijah Mitchell, on the uh, 49ers end, I just think he won't have a huge day rushing the football. We know they're going to use Debo Samuel in a lot of um, options where they can't even Brandon Ayuk likes to run the football. They've got a few other players that they can use on the ground. But if they do get behind early, obviously that 
uh, run game is going to go out the window a little bit, even though that is their DNA. But under 18 and a half rushing attempts seems like a nice one for me. I know it's a little bit less at $1.73 uh, on tab, but uh, I think it's a pretty safe one. I don't know if he's going to be getting around that, yeah, 19 to 20 rushes per game is is quite a lot. So I'm happy to play that um, under their 18 and a half as, as the game script could uh, tend to a passing offense game. But in saying that, my other long shot for the week, though, I'm actually going against Quinny here, mate. I think it's it's going to be a bit of a tight affair. I think the defences uh, are going to show up on both ends, and that's really um, a, a strength of both teams. And their red zone defence, if they can hold uh, teams to field goals rather than um, touchdowns, I think that under 44.5 comes right into play. So for me, a long shot in this one is the LA Rams double, the double at the double, minus 3.5 into under 44.5 at 390 in this one. It's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking that when when Quinny mentioned that he liked the overs and he, he saw some points in this one, I was thinking exactly the same as you, that, that my first inclination was the unders in this one uh, for, for that exact reason. Uh, so it looks like it's looks like it's us. It's not an official play for me, but it was certainly a lean for me. It's, it looks like it's a podcast against Quinny. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to touch circle back on that one uh, next week and, and see how we go. Um, speaking about next week, we've got to decide if we're going to do a show next week or we'll take a week off and... Uh, and come back for Super Bowl week. Um, what do you reckon? I think maybe a, a season review or recap type episode and, and leave yeah, Super Bowl uh, markets to the following week? We could have a, a little half an hour episode, mate, and, and have a quick chat about, yeah, all our plays that we we jotted down the spreadsheet for the season. Um, so, yeah, it might be good to do a little recap and, and see what how how those predictions came came through or if they were way off the mark with a few of them, I know they were, but uh, it'd be interesting to just compare notes and, and have a chat, I suppose. But um, yeah, we'll play it by you guys, but I think we'll probably um, be recording an episode and um, yeah, if would love to potentially even get another guest on if we can. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, we'll finish up with uh, long shots. Do you want to want to recap your long shots for this week? Yeah, I'll recap my long shots. Uh, the one just in that game there. So the LA Rams minus three and a half into the under 44 and a half at 390, the double at the double there. And in the Kansas City uh, Cincinnati game, I like the same game multi there for the Chiefs minus six and a half into Travis Kelsey over 75 and a half yards into Tyreek Hill over 75 and a half receiving yards. And that gets you six bucks on the dot. So a bit of value there for me. So they're my long shots. Um, and of course, yeah, like the favourites to cover in both games as well, the Chiefs and the Rams. Yeah, don't mind those uh, long shots at all. Might uh, might have a little flutter on those myself. But I've gone Travis Kelsey, two or more touchdowns at five dollars fifty for the Chiefs, and then a little same game multi, similar vein to you. I've got the Rams minus three and a half into Cooper Cup over a hundred and a half receiving yards into Cooper Cup anytime touchdown at four dollars fifty. Uh, I didn't mind that. Elijah Mitchell unders as well, just quietly, uh, based off what they put up last week. I thought that was uh, that's not a bad little play from you, mate. But, uh, we'll see how we go. Hopefully, get a, a, another weekend full of green like last mm. week on our uh, on our spreadsheet of plays. Uh, yeah, I think we'd be hard pressed to expect another weekend like we had last week of, of scintillating football, but we can hope. Uh, fingers crossed. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of amazing football to to watch and enjoy uh, over the course of Monday, Australian Eastern time, Sunday night, obviously US time. Uh, any final thoughts on championship weekend? Now, look, I think it's the opposite. Yeah, like I said, off the top, 
last week, I thought it was definitely the underdog weekend, but I think the favourites um, rise to the top here this weekend. And we see the two best teams remaining uh, play in the Super Bowl the following, well, in a fortnight's time. So, yeah, that would be the ideal result. And, yeah, like you said, I don't know if it'll be as thrilling as we saw last week, but let's hope we see plenty of points in both games and, and there's a, is a, is a good contest. Um, but, yeah, I think the favourites will will come out on uh, on top this weekend, mate. Yep, spot on. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. We are on Facebook, the Punt Return Podcast, and we're on Instagram at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, give us a yell on Twitter. You can get me at Nick Splitter. Lepper is at Ryan Lepore. We'll be back next week with the Punt Return in some form or another. There'll be no games to preview next week, but uh, we'll try and do something fun. Uh, and as always, or especially over the last couple of weeks, go Rams. Go Rams.